Hello, and welcome to On Staging, a community theater-focused discussion podcast highlighting the development and staging of community theater productions in Calgary and surrounding area. I'm Kyle Gould, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Angela Reeves with Strathmore Theatre Players Guild. Strathmore has been putting on shows for 22 years now, and is an established member of Calgary Acts. And this coming Friday, November 3rd, is the opening night for Snow White, a pantomime, running from the 3rd to the 18th of November. The link to tickets is in the show notes below. Written by Kira Hall, the production debuted in Yellowknife in 2017, which is fitting as Kira Hall is from Yellowknife as well, though they are predominantly more known for their work as a puppeteer in Toronto. While not a friend of the show, Kira is actual friends with friends of the show myself, actor and improviser Matt Malant, and puppeteer and director Andrew Cooper. Angela Reeves, my guest today, has been with Strathmore Theatre since the beginning, but in 2013 she received the Outstanding Volunteer Award at the Cats for her work with Strathmore, and was also nominated that same year for her performance as Blanche Dubois in Liffey's production of A Streetcar Named Desire. Last year, Angela was in Strathmore's production of Rumors, and was the 2018 recipient of the Most Outstanding Female Performance by ADFA for the One Act Festival. Angela is an actor, director, producer, mother, and co-chair of Strathmore Players. But more importantly for today's conversation, Angela is performing and assistant director, or is it assistant to the director, for Snow White, a pantomime. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me here. So tell me about Strathmore Theatre Players Guild. You guys seem to put up two shows a season lately. I don't know if it's always been that way, but it's definitely been that way since I kind of came on the scene. That is our goal, is to have two shows a year, our fall show and our spring show. In the past, we have had also summer productions. We've done Shakespeare in the Park, but that's been a while since we've done that. And you guys founded in 2001. What happened there? You were probably right there the opening day of that uh, the decision to make a company. Yes, and I was one of the people that helped get uh, Strathmore Theatre Players up and running again. A little history about them. They were a group that started in the 1950s and had some amazing people that were in their founding group. Wow. And they carried on until, I believe, the late 1990s. 90s, maybe 2000, when it kind of took a pause. So I moved to Strathmore in 1999. And I met a woman who was doing a fundraiser for one of the local churches. And the fundraiser was putting on a play. And she found out that I had a background in theater. What's your background in theater? I actually have a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Saskatchewan with a major oh in goodness. drama. Wow. And so she found that out and knew that my kids were old enough that I wanted to get back into acting. So asked if I would help with this fundraiser. And when I was part of this production for the local Anglican church, I met two women that had been participants in the earlier version of Strathmore Theatre Players. So I talked to them as I wanted to get a theatre company up and running in Strathmore. And so between the three of us, we laid the groundwork 
put out a call that we were interested in getting this started and but not started restarted right like restarted that's yes. so interesting okay. yes restarted so we were fortunate because we had i believe three original members came out to that meeting and then we had a woman from Gleeson who had an extensive background in theater, and she is still one of our members. Who is that? Uh, her name is Jeanette Brown. Okay. Uh, we call her Jet. <laughs> she is a director, costumer, historian. She's just an amazing woman, and she does so much for our group. In this production of Snow White, she is our costumer. Oh, wonderful. Very talented woman. So with all those people, we started laying the groundwork of getting back together. And in fact, Jet directed the first show that we were able to mount. In 2001. In 2001. Wow. Uh, and my mind slips. Um, we That's did. only fair. And there's not much history on the internet for us to go and find it and look for it. Um, and now, 22 years later, here we are, still doing shows, still putting things together. Jet, yourself, it sounds like other people are still with the company yes. and still producing things for Strathmore, a company that was originally from the 1950s uh, and is yes. still around today yeah. in its newest incarnation. That What's interesting is your story is not that dissimilar to Nose Creek Players in Airdrie oh, as really? their initial company that they are built on the foundations of. The structural basement supports are all built on a company that was founded in like the 1960s oh, wow. that built going forward. So they have that pedigree and history as well even though they are a new edifice, a new resurrection built on the foundations of the old oh that's wonderful yeah <laughs> so you do two shows a year do you do a pantomime every year or is it all like every other year or when the mood strikes you is there somebody in the board who's like no it must be a panto this year and then you're like okay let's go find one i would say it's more when the mood strikes us. okay in the past we did alibaba and the four and a half thieves right? which Jet wrote. And that was one of the first productions that we mounted. After that, we did Jack and the Beanstalk. We did a different version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. And then approximately nine years ago, we did Cinderella and Robinson Crusoe, and I know I'm missing one. Oh, yeah. There's Aladdin in there, too, I exactly. believe. And there's set, like, if you go take a look on the website, there are a couple of other ones there that are just and, wonderful. And one of, the, one of the reasons we like to have a panto, not on a regular basis, but frequently, is because we have offered children's theater classes. Mm-hmm. And the woman who is the director of our current show is currently doing the children's theater classes. And we always feel with the Pantos, it is a wonderful opportunity to be able to include our junior members and give them a taste of a main stage production. Of the adult production itself. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So with our Snow White that we are doing right now, the children, there is a deer and a bunny and there's some evil assistants for the evil queen. Right. And so we've been able to incorporate them in that way, That's which has been incredible. great. Okay. So Snow White, you somebody made the decision. We're doing a panto this year. 
probably was Jet. <laughs> uh, we're doing a panto this year. How long ago did you make the decision to go with this version of Snow White? Where did this version of Snow White come from? And how did it get here in your hands? Because it's really only been put up in Yellowknife and hasn't been done too many other places. How did this occur? Uh, so we have a venue in in Strathmore that we use. And we originally had a different play that was on the books for September, a play that was going to require a fairly lengthy rehearsal process. And when we went with our proposed dates for the show, the venue we use wasn't able to accommodate us. Oh, no. So. Okay, so wait, this other show was what? What was this other show? Oh, well, the one that we're planning to do is the Games of Foot. The Games of Foot. So the plan was to do the Games of Foot by Kane Ludwig, who's like one of the most prolific produced community theater authors at this current juncture. Ken Ludwig's The Game is a Foot that was going to go up in September. So that was planned probably a year ago? When- it was. We started planning with auditions being in August, rehearsal period, and being able to put it up at the very end of November, beginning of December. Right. And unfortunately, they just couldn't give us that amount when of time. When did you find that out? Well, we found out fairly early on. So well before auditions yes. or anything like that. Yes. Before a production team was put together. Absolutely. That's great. So my co-chair and I and one of our other board members members, a gentleman named Robert Cole, who is an incredibly valued member of our team. We sat down. Robert was to direct the games afoot. So we sat down and said, what could we put on in the fall instead? And that would bring a lot of people in. And we thought, let's do a panto. Okay. We can incorporate children. It's fun. And the timing and the accessibility of using the venue would fit in with doing a panto. Perfect. So I was willing to direct it. But then we remembered that we had our new member to our group who is also a stage manager, director, producer background. So we approached her and asked if she would be interested in participating in it. She said yes very much. Who is this person? Her name is Lynn Elkin. Okay, Lynn Elkin. Lynn and Elkin. She's new to Strathmore's group? She is new to Strathmore, okay. originally from Yellowknife, where she has worked for 24 years with the theater company up there. Oh, wow. Wearing many different hats and very talented woman. So when we approached her and said, would you like to get on board with this? She said, absolutely. And she told us that she had directed this play. Oh, wow. So she was the original director she of was the Kira original Hall's production director. in the first place. Yes. There we go. This is the link. So when did you meet Lynn Elkin? When when she first arrived? Had she already made herself known to Strathmore so players? Or? She arrived Well, I believe she arrived about a year and a half ago. She contacted us a year and a half ago. She actually lives in Chestermere, but had heard about us and wanted to get involved in community theater. And she also has a son and daughter-in-law and grandchildren in Strathmore. So it was a good fit for her to be able to come out to us. So 
when we first met with her, she told us what her background was. And her first proposal to us was that she really enjoyed doing children's theater classes. Mm. And would we be willing or to yeah. let her take that on? And my co-chair and I had been doing it in the past and we were ready to have somebody else take it on. We were feeling like we needed it to be how fresh and fortuitous. So it was perfect. That's it was amazing. absolutely perfect. So that's how we met Lynn. Okay, so a year and a half ago, you met Lynn. Yes. You got this email. You're excited, it sounds like. Yeah. You had the meeting then and you talked about the children's yes. children's group and she started getting involved and in prepping that. When does your children's group start up? When are those what what does that look like for their meeting times and lessons and kind of schedule? It's not really lessons, it's just playtime. But uh it, there's the lessons are all subtly woven into exactly, it, aren't they? Exactly. So what we came to an agreement. Um, Lynn was comfortable putting it under her own heading. Okay. More with our blessing behind it rather than it being under Strathmore Theatre Players. Oh, okay. So the first year that she did it, which was a year and a bit ago, she started, I, th I believe, Wednesday afternoons from 5.30 to 7.30, I think, is when she runs it. Oh, okay. And so it wouldn't be so much that it was under our purview as much as our blessing because we were feeling kind of burnt out and that we weren't That's giving fair. the kids the best that we could and having 100%. somebody new in has been wonderful and I've heard so many wonderful things about how the kids are doing in the class and how much how much she is teaching them. And I can see that just in them performing in our show. Right. And so it's not, since it's not under Strathmore Theatre Players Guild, what's it called? I think she just calls it Children's Theatre Classes. Okay. In Strathmore. In Strathmore. Great. I'll, I'll track it down and find a link for yes. it in the show notes for anybody who's listening in Strathmore Wonderful. and has a couple of kids they'd like to inject into this group. Wonderful. Sounds like the best thing to do. It is. It's so wonderful. she's working with you and taking over the children's group. And then when did the sit down and conversation have about not being able to go forward with Ken Ludwig's play? So that came about, oh, I believe it would have been, it would have had to have been in July. So in July, everyone's on vacation. No one's really interested. Your hat, your your mental acuity on let's do a play is definitely <laughs> not active when this comes back from the, the church and says, hey, those dates aren't going to work for you. You have to come up with something new. So did you meet in person? Was it a phone call? The three of you got together. Uh, Robert and Tashina and I got together okay. and talked about doing a panto. Uh, we also talked to Jet and we all agreed that it was the wise choice. And then it would have been probably about the middle of July that we contacted Lynn. Oh, so not much longer later, like 10 days yes. at most later. Yeah. You sent yeah. an email or did you phone her? Oh, I think we probably sent an email okay. or possibly texted. And we she met with myself and with my co-chair, Tashina. Yep. And we had the discussion and realized we were on the same page with everything and that it would be a really... A really good fit for yeah. our fall Did show. you come to her with a panto in mind? I hadn't 
had one specifically in mind. I okay. was starting to go through my library right. to see what I would be interested in. And when we spoke with Lynn, she mentioned that she had done Snow White and that it was very dear to her. It right. held a special place in her heart. Of course. And so that that would be one she would really be willing to be on board with. So as we discussed it with her that day, instead of me taking the lead, we decided that Lynn would take the lead Perfect. because it was her production. Yeah. But being new to the group, one of the things that we do in our group is that if you're new, yep. we attach somebody who is usually one of the board members, yep. a longstanding member, yep. to basically be with you to mentor, just so that we're all on the same page as far as the values of our group and how we run things. And Lynn was very amenable to that. That how was no problem. How could you not problem. be? It, Oversight is super important yeah. no matter what. Even yeah. if you're an established tenured director and you've worked with the company before, you're still going to have new people involved. And then secondarily, there's that establishment of trust. It goes both ways, right? Absolutely. Like, you need to know that you can trust Lynn, but Lynn also needs to know that she can trust Strathmore. Exactly. Um, so this is a great fit exactly. for you all. And so you have this meeting, she pitches Snow White. What happened next? Did you say yes to it right away or did she have to send you the script? Uh, did you have to go to the board? What happened next? We had talked to the board and everybody was on board with what we were proposing. Nobody had right. any qualms. And they basically left it in mine and Tashina's hands. Oh, of course. To Perfect. decide which one and what we were going to do. So when Lynn proposed Snow White, she had done her research and knew that we had done it, but it had been a long time since right. we had done it. And we also knew that it was a completely different script. Yes. And as shown by other pantomimes, just because the title says Beauty and the Beast does not necessarily mean that's what you're getting. Exactly. It could very well be a whole different show about a whole different cabal of characters exactly. that is only tangentially related to a beauty and a beast. Exactly. Exactly. So when she mentioned Snow White and what it meant to her, we said, you know, we, we, it sounds good. Send us the script. We'll give it a read and then we'll let you know what we think. So, did so, you read it together or apart? We had to read it apart, just oh, okay. logistics. Just timing wise. I was taking off on holidays and yeah, we just couldn't get that's, together to read it. It's middle of summer. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah, so to get hard. together. So, I read it and right away I went, yeah. It's fantastic. I loved the script. It is definitely, um, and if you read Kira's bio and information about Snow White, they have taken elements of British panto, Yep, but they have definitely Canadianized it. Oh, wonderful. So we appreciate it because some of the traditional panto tropes aren't as prevalent in this one. Yep. But they have left it that we can incorporate what we think needs to be in there. Luckily, and by they, are you referring to the author? I'm Kira referring Hall? to the author, okay. Kira. And have yes. you been in any conversation with Kira too, or has that been left largely with the director? It's been largely left with the director. Okay. So then yeah. the director, because she directed it before, doubtlessly has Kira's contact number. Yes. Contacted Kira and got their blessing and approval and the rights to do the show. Yeah. 
Absolutely. This is exciting. I'm I'm coming to see it on Friday. And the fact that it is a Canadian awesome. written newer work, a newer <laughs> panto is just so exciting to me uh, because so many of them are done by uh, Ben and there's a very few other people that are still writing them. And it's kind of a tried trope and putting out a new one doesn't seem to have, it's almost cookie cutter. The grind mill. Much. Um, and no disparagement to that. I mean, that there's a place for those that need to happen. So you're putting out new work and it's new things, but it's just, are there many new ideas? Exactly. So this is exciting to hear that there's new ideas. Exactly. And we were very excited. Um, It'll be interesting to see our audience reactions because it's been, I believe, about four or five years since we did our last panto. So our audiences are familiar with everything. Right. We still have the boo and the hiss and the all of those. But I know one of the things we've done in the past with pantos is the throwing out of candy, which yes. is often something that happens. Can be, yeah. And we that is not in this. It, it hasn't. I've done two pantos myself and it was not incorporated into either of those, just throwing things at the audience for one and then as well yes. the, all of the difficult <laughs> regarding allergies and candy exactly. and consent and things like that. It's it's probably a good idea that it's been pulled back. I agree. Um, I agree. And to that end, though, now I, I was st I'm still caught up in like now you have to establish when are the auditions going to happen and there's probably a production team meeting. So you've got yes. the rights from Kira. You've got the play uh, in place. It's all set to go. You have your director. So now there has to be a production team meeting. Yes. How many people were at that production team meeting? How many people did you already have in the wings waiting, ready to go? Did you have your costumer, your lighting designer, your stage manager? Who was all there at that production meeting, the first one? So the first production meeting, I'm trying to think because we had to do it in a couple of parts. Right. So we were able to contact a gentleman who had previously been part of the group who had moved away and is back in town. And so he has been able to help. I would say a co-stage manager. It's been a real team effort on everything. His name is Brad Walls. Okay, cool. So we were very fortunate. Brad's come back and he's just dipping his toes back into stage management. Then we also have a gentleman, I think I might have mentioned him before, Robert Cole, who right. originally was supposed to direct our fall production. A little background on Robert is that he is a graduate from the National Theatre School in Montreal. Oh, wow. Side note, he went there with my brother-in-law, their friends. Oh, and it was just random. Everyone related to everyone in Strathmore? It well, sure seems the like weird it. thing yeah. is, is that Robert worked in Calgary. He'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the past he worked with Lunchbox Theater. Oh, okay. He's got extensive experience. He's always worked professionally yeah. as stage manager, lighting designer, sound tech. I mean, he is an amazing jack of all trades. As every stage manager needs to oh, be. Oh my yeah. goodness, he's amazing. What he can he, he brought to our group. He came ten years ago, as a community member, and he has gone into pyrotechnics, but wanted to get involved in theater again. And we were incredibly fortunate that Robert chose to be with us. So for the past ten years, Robert's been a valued member of our team. So he is, I would say, kind of co-stage manager, but lighting and sound designer. So we knew we had him on board as well. Oh, wow. Well. That's... Yeah. And builder construction. Like he's, he's oh my built God. a lot of the set. Three quarters of your production team right there. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And then Jet 
has been our costumer. So on this show, she took that position and the, the costumes for this show are just amazing. Fortunately, because of this show was previously done in Yellowknife, right. the director, because of her connections to her old group up there, was able to get a good chunk of the costumes what? sent down to us. Oh my God, this so is we like a traveling to, show now as opposed is. to, uh, oh my goodness, that's yeah. incredible. What a what a weight to be lifted off of everyone's minds. It was great. Like one, having a director that's already done the show before, so you don't have to worry about that vision. Two, having costumes get brought down from the previous production's show, and then I don't doubt you'll probably have staging and, and set decor and set design that's already kind of already been established that you'll be making use of, or is she doing new things with that? We were able to make use of a fair bit oh of my what was brought down uh, when you come to see the show. I can't wait. And I'm hoping I've got this all right. You will see painted curtains that are part of our production. And my understanding is those curtains are from Yellowknife. The lady what? who had originally painted them up there was able to roll them and very little damage. And she was able to send them down. And then we had some of our newest members joined our director for building the other flats and painting wow. those. So we're very proud of all the work that people have put into the show. It's been amazing. And then Last and definitely not least, the rest of our production team is my wonderful co-chair, Tashina McKenzie, mm -hmm. who has taken on the role of producer for this show, and her incredibly talented husband, Dan McKenzie, who is our photographer and helps with the social media. And we also have a young woman, and I truly apologize for this. I cannot remember her last name, but her name is Kaya, and she has also taken on social media. So we've got an amazing group of people who've taken on. That's incredible. Undertaking. That's a busy first production meeting, but yeah. I can get kind of now how you tell me that it's built into <laughs> it's built into different bits and pieces yes. and set up in its own yeah. way. But that sounds great, and all of that occurred prior to auditions. Yes, and then how did auditions go? Auditions were great. With this show, one of the mandates and values that our group has is we do want to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. And so we have people of all different backgrounds and experience that came out for the play. And we were very happy because for the most part, we were able to incorporate everybody that oh, came that's, out. Every single person that auditioned for, yeah. a part, for the show got a part. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't, I, is it saying that there was a lot of people who auditioned? Because it's hard with a panto. You can do a panto with like 12 people. You can yes. do a panto with 32 people. How big is this cast? It is 24. Oh my goodness. And so we had... Um, is that including the junior class group yes, of people? Okay, okay. And okay. the junior class people, if I've gotten my numbers right, I believe we have five, possibly oh, okay. six yeah. from the group. I think it would be six. And quite a number of people that are in the show, brand new auditioners. What? And so we really wanted to try to get everybody in, even if it was a small role. Yeah. Um, and some of them really are small. It's basically a walk-on. And then there's a, 
a, a party scene yep. uh, for Snow White's birthday, and they were able to be in on that part. And then again for our final bows, which are a lot of fun. So it was a taste for them just to get a taste right. of of being on stage, introduce them to the being group, part of the and whole it was it's thing. been wonderful. And I have to give out a shout out to all these new people because I believe every single one of them has taken on either painting right. or building a prop or working as a seamstress. So it's just been amazing, the people I mean, that have come. It's why it's called community exactly, theater, And that's, that's pretty incredible. So Lynn's probably not the only one who's who's involved in all of the things. Is there a music director who's your choreographer? Because those two things kind of go hand in hand as well in a panto. Uh, so the musical director is Tashina McKenzie, oh, my co-chair. So besides being producer, she is worked with the cast that is singing, right? And started right away. And she's yeah, it's beautiful what they have done. And we have a lovely pianist. Her name is. Aaron, and then Lynn, the director, has taken on the choreography for the show. Wow, because she's done that before. Because she has done it before. She was familiar. So it was nice because even in auditions, she gave everybody a taste of what we would be doing in the show. Dance That's wise. a lot of power for this director. Yeah. Like, because yeah. she she doesn't set design, hers. Yeah. Choreography, hers. Yeah. And a musical direction, I mean, I don't... A lot of the the written pantos that I've seen and, and read and been part of have open numbers. Like we have this recommendation of these numbers, but you kind of put whatever you want because they want it to exactly. be of the times. Exactly. Um, they don't want it to necessarily fall with age. And those numbers are supposed to make sure the thing stays relevant and upbeat and whatnot. So are you using the same musical numbers that were done in 2017 or are there any new numbers that are being incorporated in because it's been six years? I believe that we are using the same musical the same music? numbers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought there possibly might be one change, but no, I think we're still doing all the same musical numbers. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. So auditioners came out, 19 or 20 of them, and they all get to be in the show. Yeah. When did rehearsals start? How does rehearsals look for a show like this? We had the rehearsals that began on, I believe it was September 18th. Wow, that's a quick turnaround. Right. And are they meeting three times a week? We do. We okay. meet three times a week for approximately two hours. And our director... Each time or is there the third one on a weekend and it's a little longer? No, nope, they're all oh my two goodness. hours. That's but a tight rehearsal It's a tight time. rehearsal, but right from the start, we made it very clear to the actors, you need to be there ahead of time, ready to go. And so that the full two hours is being utilized. And yeah. our director is very cognizant of the fact that we do have younger people in the cast. Yeah. And so we don't run late, which has been lovely. And she's also chunked the scenes so that on any given night it would only be certain characters that would be called we'd run all their scenes right then the next well, at least night, for the beginning exactly and then the next night a different set of characters run all their scenes and then yeah towards the end bringing it all together and having it flow right so. well that's we're now towards the end. It's now yep. flowing and moving. It and is. Hot it and is. heavy. So there's been production meetings leading up to this entire process. Today is now Monday, and I don't doubt that it's some form of technical director's run through tonight. Are you in the space working 
there at the church for this entire week leading up to Friday's open? Oh, we sure are. So we were able to get into the church on the 23rd of October. And since then, we've been able to come in and work on lights and sound and build the set. They're very gracious in that they allow us to build our set and it stays up for the whole run of our show. So it's up for about a month in the venue. And tonight we will be doing a full dress rehearsal. Oh my goodness. And then full t- dress. Full dress. On the Monday. What's on tomorrow the- then? So tomorrow night being Halloween. Oh, okay. We are not calling the children. We're going to be doing a line run. Just an Italian? Yeah, just an Italian. Music too or no? Probably not. Okay. I think just an Italian. Wednesday night again will be a full dress. Okay. And then on Thursday night we are having our preview show, just yeah. a friends and family performance. And for the photography and whatnot too exactly. that you need. Are you exactly. doing a preview? video for it too or i'm not exactly sure what they have planned for that wow and then it opens on friday and i will be there hopefully in the front row wonderful it sounds kismet it sounds like it's just been a stroll in the park with like a million people helping and countless hours spent and everybody's been available and their, their time has been appreciated that is not true of any show really what's been hard (laughs) about putting this show up and putting this together what's the thing that you know people wouldn't know has been happening behind the scenes that just says to to regards to community theater how difficult some of these things really are to just make a reality i have found in my experience would be the things that happen in your personal life oh right that take away from being able to do it personally. I've had a couple of things that have happened during the course of the show that have had an impact and have taken me away from being able to be there. Unfortunately, not happy things. Yeah. And I would say illness yep. and personal issues that have happened have been the hardest thing with putting up the show. We have a really good group, and one of our values is that we really support each other. Mm -hmm. Again, everybody is welcome, and we try to meet them where they're at. Yeah. So from that perspective, I think things have gone well. And actually, logistically, we haven't really had, knock on wood, any real issues. I mean, I probably from a non-personal perspective, view, I would say the only issue that we really have is that the lights that we purchased for the venue that we're at are getting old. Oh, okay. And so the group that lets us use the space, we get to use the space and they get to use our lights. So our lights are well used. Oh, yeah. That sounds like very well used. Yeah, very well used. And it's it's wonderful. We appreciate the reciprocity of our relationship. But However, again, Robert has spent a lot of time trying to get our lights back in working order because oh, no. they are getting old. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest issues. And some of those had. lights, it's hard to get replacement bulbs it nowadays is. for them for the bulbs to start to go. And so you like when the bulb is gone, that's the end of that lifespan for that light. Exactly. And they're not cheap to get. And while I know the new ones are just amazing and they're cold tech and they do a billion and one colors of their own volition, there's some, but they're expensive. 
That is not a cheap new thing to get, especially if you're the one who has to fork over the funds to acquire new lights. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So we'll see because I know he's worked hard to make use of what we do have and still have the best lighting. And it is the most important underestimated thing. Absolutely. If the lights are not good, no one enjoys the show. It doesn't matter how amazing the performer is if you can't see them properly. Exactly. And even if they're just in the wrong color for the emotion of the scene, if there if there's just a shadow at the wrong place on the stage, it reduces the quality of the show by an entire letter grade. Exactly. And nobody knows that. You don't see that. It's like it's like typing with the wrong font. Exactly. <laughs> it's not imparting the message you want to impart. Exactly. And I'm I'm really sorry for your own personal loss. Uh, that can oh, make performing exceptionally hard. Last year in Rumors, when I was cast with the Morpheus show, um, my dear mother-in-law passed away oh. on the, the, the first Wednesday of the oh, second I'm week sorry. of the run. And I had to go on stage that night knowing, okay, she's never going to be in the audience, even though she would have been there on the Thursday. Oh. She always gets that first, the second Thursday this oh. of the eighth performance run. She always that's the day she goes and she wasn't there this year and her season tickets seats remained empty. So I'm you've so still sorry, managed it. to soldier through that. And I feel for all of the people who are performers and go on stage and pretend to be somebody else while still trying to incorporate and to manage personal loss exactly. and things that are going on in their own lives. Exactly. Not something we necessarily think about when we're sitting in the audience is all of the things that are going on in the performer's life. Because we're not professional actors. Exactly. We all have day jobs and we all have other things going on in our lives. Exactly. It's not this show 24-7. Exactly. Exactly. And I know it, 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 it's such an old adage, but right. the show must go on. And really, you've got so many people relying on you yep. that you do have to try to get through it the best you can when yep. these things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is this show all about? What are, what are we going to come and see? What are what are audiences going to get from this performance of Snow White, a pantomime written by, you know, Yellow Knifer, Kira Hall, produced and directed by, you know, Strathmore Theater, Players Guild? What's, uh, what's so special about this show? I would say the sense of happiness and joy in this show. The cast... I think we've all had a really good time with it. We've made some new friends. We've had so many great people participate in this that I think it's going to transfer to the audience. I think they're going to enjoy it, first of all, because I think it's such a great script. I think it's so well done. And I do have to give a shout out to our young woman who is playing Snow White. Her name is Alexandra she has worked so hard and she is so sweet and she's only 14. What? And she's doing just a beautiful job. And when she comes on, she really lights up. So I think the audience will come away feeling very happy. The evil queen gets her just dues and Snow White and the prince and everybody else lives happily ever after. So we're hoping they come away just having a really fun time and feeling happy. What's something that's going to happen in the show for those who are listening? What's something that you don't think they might see unless they knew to look for it? 
I always ask this question because when I was directing and when I'm in a show, I'm always trying to put in little things that the audience, because they're looking somewhere else at the time, but maybe it's a relationship between two characters that end up falling in love, but they're just background people. You wouldn't even see the marriage happening otherwise. Or is there something that the evil queen's doing off stage that you have to like, ooh, make sure you look left because the evil queen's moving, sneaking in the shadows. These things always happen. What's something that's, uh, that's going on that the audience might not see? unless they were keyed in on it? Well, I guess one of the things that unless they were looking for, they wouldn't see. I I guess it would be some of the relationships on stage. Right. We do have three of our actors that are related to each other. Is it like father, mother, daughter, or is it three siblings? What is the relationship? It is a man and his sister-in-law and his niece. Oh, okay. That are all in it. And I would say if you are looking for it, you would especially see the relationship between the mother and the daughter. They don't have a lot of scenes together. Uh, The one is uh, the mother. Her name is Mandy. And she is playing one of the dwarfs named Chatty who isn't that chatty. And <laughs> she's got a beautiful singing voice. As, and I'm giving a spoiler here, so I probably shouldn't do that. No, no, yeah. that's not going to spoil anything. Okay. We're all going to go see the show this, okay. this next two weeks. What are we excited about seeing? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear sh- Chatty sing. Oh, that's yeah. going to be exciting to it's, me. It spoils yeah. nothing. Okay, good, because I'm not sure I'm supposed to say anything. And then her daughter is playing one of the evil lab assistants. Oh, Nice. And she's also one of the woodland creatures that comes out and dances. And she's just delightful. She's so sweet. That's perfect. Oh, and her name is? Her name is Macy. Yeah. And they're just, yeah. So Mandy and Macy sweet. and the brother-in-law. Yeah. And he plays Flytrap. Flytrap is what? What's Flytrap? Flytrap is the henchman, the reluctant henchman of the evil queen. Oh, okay. Kind of like the hunter and that that's been broken out into different parts. Flytrap is a very reluctant henchman. You find out a bit about his backstory and why he is working for the queen. Oh, that's great. And it's it's actually a really sweet little story. And the queen's terribly mean to him. As she should be. She's a terrible queen. As she should be. Yes, yes. But he is the brother-in-law of Mandy, an uncle of Macy. That's great. It also leads me into a follow-up question, too. Getting men to come out to community theater is a hard task in this present day and age. And this is a show that has seven male characters of dwarves that are all living together that Snow White then comes and cleans up their lives for. How did the director tackle that? Was the initial impetus to always cast that as a gender non-specific casting so it was just whoever fit the part would be the dwarf and are they playing male dwarves or are they playing lady dwarves how's that coming through so the playwright leaves it open to casting who you need to cast which is wonderful because we have two male dwarfs and four female there's only six where's the seventh there is a seventh okay but it's kind of 
again, this is a little something you'll see right. in the show. So I'm not going to tell you this bit. There's okay. a seventh that comes. You'll have to wait and see who And are that the is. women that are playing dwarves, are they playing female dwarves or are they playing male dwarves? How's that being played I through? would say uh, the one male dwarf is definitely a male dwarf. Yeah. The others are kind of androgynous. They're just dwarves. They're just dwarves. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. Good. The, the second male dwarf may feel he's also a male. I don't know. But yeah, the females are pretty androgynous. <laughs> right. So. But are they all wearing beards or do they? No. Some, no? no okay. These are very different dwarves. Oh, okay. And they do not have the normal dwarf names. Not all dwarves have beards. No. Nope. You know, as, no. as we know from the seven dwarves, but they don't have the same seven names of oh, the no, seven dwarves. Oh, no, absolutely not. I love no. that. That's very panto. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I actually, if I was updating it, I'd one of the dwarves would be texty in in my opinion like that's great we don't have a texty but yes we do have a snarky (laughs) it's a great update to grumpy i love that yeah and i cannot wait to see that yeah what are you excited for audiences to see What's like something that high, like I can hear already the excitement when you start to talk. Oh, I don't want to tease, but then you do because um, that's how everybody works. Yeah. What are you excited for audiences to see? Is it the big climactic finale? Is it the opening number? What is it that's going to happen out there that you're just overjoyed for audiences to get a, a picture I of? I think visually, yeah. it's going to be a beautiful show. The costuming and the sets are incredible. The other thing is it's a, such a tight show. There's no intermission. It oh, runs good. an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. And so it is fast paced. And so from the moment we start until we end, it just flows and wow. it goes. And the audience, I'm excited for them because I think it'll just be a great ride for an hour and 20 minutes. That's awesome. Are there any good special magical effects? It's not really Snow White without some magic in there. We have some interesting takes on special effects. Oh, good. So, yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. It's like, one of the highlights, these little woodland creatures played by these kids, because how could it not be? Oh, they're adorable. Yeah. They're adorable. There's a really lovely little dance number that Snow White does with them. And they're just very sweet. Because I believe the age of our woodland creatures slash evil assistants yep. is about seven and eight. Oh, that's yeah. delightful. And so what are you excited for audiences to take away? Because the the act of theater is an act of catharsis in one form or another, but witnessing live theater always changes a person in some way, shape, or form. And going into it knowing what you're making is going to have an impact on people's lives, whether it's just as a pure form of entertainment, it still does something to you. And I always ask that question is like, what do you hope? Or what do you, what is the director talked about hoping that people will take away from having seen this, this production? How will it change them? I am really hoping that people come away with a sense of joy and happiness. I mean, we do know the story, so I don't think that's going to change anybody directly, but I think the good versus evil and good triumphing, I think will make people feel happy. And I think seeing how much the cast is enjoying doing the show, I think people will come away feeling quite, quite happy afterwards. So that's what I'm hoping they'll come away with. (laughs) That's great. You say we all know the story. That's not going to be true. There will be people who will see this story and it will be their very, very first introduction to Snow White. Yes. I'm not, my son will be there in the audience. 
I'm, I think he maybe saw the Disney movie when he was at his day home when he was two or three, but he doesn't have an introduction to Snow White other than that. Okay, and no, so he, this will be his first, he's 12 now, cognitive knowledge and vision of what is Snow White all Wonderful. about. And that's going to be the case. That's yes. why we do these things and yeah. we remake these things and revisit these things because they have impactful stories they of do. change and difficulty and go, leaving a home for the first time, having roommates for the first time. These are all great things to talk yes. about with your kids and people yes. afterwards. Like, <laughs> you know, we all went to university and there was that dorm that had the seven guys in it and nobody wanted to go there because it was a disgusting mess until the one guy got until the one guy got a girlfriend. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> this is a very real thing. And so there's some great things to talk about. And I cannot wait to come see it on Friday. And then the drive home is always the best part for a show, especially when you get to make the trip out from Calgary to Strathmore to go see this show. You're going to have time to talk about it on the way home. And so some of the questions you might want to think about are parental relationships. How do you relate to the adults and can you trust the adults in your life? Why does Snow White implicitly trust the witch, the wicked queen? Why, Why does that happen? And how do we come from that? And how do we as responsible adults as the dwarves take in this young person who's in need and how do we do how we work so there are some great questions that i am just sitting here thinking of in the moment that i'm going to get to talk (laughs) about with my kids after seeing this production but not only that this show is only going to exist in a small amount of time this is only the second time it's ever been put up i don't know when it'll get put up again next because it's not kira's not out there peddling this show this isn't something you're going to get a chance to see no possibly ever again exactly it's only going to exist there in strathmore with these people and that vision for this small period of time and you would be remiss to not be in Strathmore at the church and sitting in a seat. Is it pews or is it actual seats in this church? It's actual seats. And actual they're very seats. comfortable. So there you are. <laughs> you will have a comfortable seated experience coming up here this Friday. It'll only exist for that small space of time. Not only that, but as indicated, as Angela said, it is super relevant some of these people have never performed before. The likelihood of them ever performing again is possibly quite large. You may only see this person this one time do this one thing on stage. That's the cool ephemeral nature of live theater is that it only exists in that moment on that night for the spectator. Exactly. No other theme or variety of art does that in this day and age. You can watch the same show on Netflix and it is the same every single time. Don't binge a show again on Netflix. Come to Strathmore and see this show. Because not only that, there's five or six young children who are super shining stars already as woodland creatures and henchmen assistants. This may be their introduction to a bright and shining career in theater. And you'll be able to say, I was there then when I saw them play a bunny. And now they're on that show I want to binge watch again on Netflix. Save that for next week. This week, come see Strathmore, Theatre Players Guild, perform for you, Kira Hall's Snow White. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for talking with me today. (laughs) We really appreciate this. This has been wonderful. That's awesome. (laughs) 